casting myself daps. No lamin, no spence, but we've got, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can already see that there's someone there next to us, um, next to me. Keep liking, subscribing, sharing, all that good stuff. YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify. No, not really SoundCloud, actually. I'm putting it on SoundCloud ages because no one listens to it on that. But um, yeah, guys, 99th episode, got a special guest. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see that we're not in the usual studio that we do this in. Um, I've come all the way to Port Vale. And um, I've got a special, special guest with me today. Um, Port Vale Central, Central Dependent, Centre Half. Um, Leon Leg. How you doing? Is that you? No, it's Le it is Leg. Leg, yeah, Leg, yeah. Does anyone ever say Leon Leggy? Do you know what? I get a few business calls. I've had Leggy. I've had Ledge. I don't mind a ledge one, yeah, but yeah, uh, leg. Yeah. How you doing, man? All good, all good. Uh, um, so like I said, you play for Port Vale. We're here in your at your stadium, and impressive, man. Yes, it's um, quite big. <laughs> um, oh, it even looks. That must be a blow out there. It's a big. Well, it's one of the biggest um, pitches in the league. It so got be got be fit for that, and we have got a decent home. Got on record this season, so um, yeah, well, I think we've got a good fit team and had a few decent results out there. Yeah, have you got a striker that likes to run channels? Does he run channels? Uh, no, <laughs> not anymore. He used to in his younger days, but um, we've got some quick wingers that uh, like to exploit the, the, the space in behind. Mm. How's the um, season going? Very good. Um, 11 games left and currently 7th, I think we are. 7th or 8th at the moment. Two points off, maybe? We level on a, level on points with two other teams, and um, yeah, we we'll win our next game, and hopefully the results go go for us. We back in the playoffs. Listen, don't come and do media. You know, I, I feel like yeah. your whole <laughs> whole thing is just it's just changed. Um, but um, at the beginning of the season, the club's aspirations was it actually playoffs promotion? It was more considering how last season was. Well, last season um, wasn't the best. We. It was a up and down. Uh, we we got sucked into a bit of a, a relegation battle, but um, there was a lot of things that were going on the behind the scenes, and we had a takeover this year. Mm. And I suppose that what was said at the start of the season for us by the the, the chairman and well, the chairwoman and the the manager, new manager, was basically no fear, go out and test yourself against the the, the, the other teams in this league and. You know, see what happens, and I think we've taken everything game by game, and let's uh, get where we are. What's been your toughest game in the league so far this this year? Is there one game that sticks out where you're like, you know what, that was a bit of a a bit of a mad one? It was a Bradford away. Um, you said that as well. I was talking to um, was it Noobs. You said that as well. Bradford yeah, away. their place because um, they get quite a big following. Ours was a Tuesday night, and we get, bearing in mind as well, we was trying to get. Um, First way win of the season, mm. and it we went one nil up, and then they got a penalty for if you look back at it, it wasn't a penalty. Mm. So we've, it was right near the death. It was like 44, 44th minute. So mm. we've gone into um, half time one all when we know we should have been one up, and then um, uh, Will Atkinson scored with a few minutes ago to make it two one, mm. and I think he used to play for them as well. Yeah. So which was. Nice for us and nice for him to score the winner, and then sort of set us set us on our way really. And um, I think it was a well deserved mm. two one victory. This is your second season here, right? Second season, yeah. Um, Going to be a third. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. In, I've been talks with, with a, a new deal. Hopefully, um, yeah, enjoying it, enjoying it here. Okay, cool. Um, so with that, because obviously last year, no, not last year. Yeah, last year, you weren't playing. You mentioned you know, there, was a, there was a spell when you weren't playing, and um, you came from playing that like, regular. So, w was there a point when you were like, you know what, I should have come here? Yeah, it entered my mind. Um, there was it's around about January time when the things that were going on, and I just thought, you know what, maybe I've made a mistake, mm. um, but then. The new manager come in and sort of bring a, a breath of it was like a breath of fresh air really and uh, we, we were playing much better football mm. uh, and once I got my chance 
stuck at him, kept, kept my spot and stayed in there for the rest of the season. What's, what's the new manager actually brought in? Like, what's different with him? A no, a no fear attitude, I suppose. Mm. He, he's kind of instilled into us that you shouldn't be scared of anyone in this league. Mm. Um, you know, and I think that shows with the teams that we've beat this year. Um, a lot of our victories have been against teams that are at the start of the season, odds on to be up there in the top seven and, and fight for promotion. Whereas for us, we were predicted to come nineteenth, twentieth, or something. So, yeah. Um, we've, we've had some big wins against the likes of Swindon, um, Colchester the other week with three 0 um, like I said, Bradford. Mm. So we've um, had some good results against some big When teams. you look at the table, has it kind of panned out how you thought, or are there one or two surprises up there that you thought, actually? Um, I don't think anyone would have seen us being up there. Um, I, I think it's only now that teams are noticing us in oh, the league. Actually, when I looked at the table. Coming up here, I was expecting to scroll down the table. <laughs> and when I saw where you lot were now, I was like, "What?" Because I remember last I knew of, of Port Vale, you lot were struggling. Yeah. But that was like, obviously. Um, oh, nice, yeah. So when I was like, "Oh wow, you lot are actually doing all right." Yeah. Um, like I said, since we've sort of we were tent for about three months, mm. <laughs> there was a time where. We just didn't move position. We mm. we stayed tent for like it literally. I think it was like nearly ninety days yeah. where we just stayed in that position, but we were still. It was only sort of two or three points separating us from the um, the playoff position. So as long as you stayed in and around it for mm. for a little while, and obviously now there's a stretch of eleven games now, we've we've got a chance of of, of staying in there. Um, it's it's going to be a, a a big ask, but I think we can do it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You can, you can definitely do it. But <clears throat> also, while we're here talking about Port Vale, can't not talk about the Man City match. What was that like going, like going into that match for you? In terms of like the media, media must have been crazy that that week. Ah, oh, you know what? It was crazy from when the it first got pulled out the hat. Yeah, and I remember <laughs> I forgot to watch. The, the the whole draw. Mm. I thought it was. I think it was at seven, and I thought it was at eight for some reason. Mm. So I'm cooking dinner, and then he cook. Yeah, a little what's, bit. What's, what's your special? Ah, oh, no, it's anything really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say yeah, it's special. <laughs> uh, I could cook Nigerian food. My wife taught me how to cook Nigerian food. You got Nigerian wife? Yeah, she's her family Nigerian, so I cook Aye. Nigerian food. It's so. He's solid guy, man. Yeah, man. so he makes me makes good decisions. <laughs> good decisions. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Um, I got a phone call from from my in-law, my mother-in-law. I said she screamed down the phone, "Man City, Man City!" Like, what? <laughs> I said, "Hold on, turn the TV on," and it's pulled out. I'm like, "Oh my word!" And then the whole sort of family yeah. on their phones. Oh, yeah, that's it. We're coming. We're coming. Yeah. I end up getting, I think, about thirty-five tickets or something. Like really? Thirty-five people from the family. Yeah, end up coming. Friends were coming. Yeah, it was madness. And the obviously leading up to that sort of week before, you had all the press and all that sort of talking about this this big game. But then the morning of the game, I was like, "Wow, okay, I'm playing against some big players." Today. Yeah, it's is that when it hits literally the morning? It does. It does. Um, Did you try to watch like some of the games before? I think, but it's, yeah, it's kind of. Pointless. But it, what can you do? Yeah, I mean, these are world class players. You know, you got. Aguero in there, you got Mares, you got all these players that you watch on Match Today each week, mm. and you're, you know, little old me in League Two thinking, "Why well, I've got to try and do something to stop these." Yeah. Um, but no, it was a great experience. Um, I still remember sort of running out the tunnel um, for for the warm up, mm. and we look right, and you got eight thousand of our fans all yeah. sitting up there, and just the raw. Yeah, they come that's out. a good um, a good away following there. Yeah, they wanted more. Oh, really? They wanted more. Yeah, they wanted to get more tickets. I I even heard that there were um, away fans going to the home end. Mm. A couple, I think, got actually got chucked out. But um, yeah, they they got in with the the Manchester City, and I I, I can easily say that we outsung theirs. Yeah. And they, I think there was fifty thousand on that day. No, it's not. You know, it's, so it's, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's one of those, isn't it? Who in that match, yeah, because obviously everyone who watched would 
who looks at Man City knows they've got quality players. But who in that match would you look at and think, unreal? Aguero. Aguero. Did Aguero, he, he, if any striker is watching someone like that, mm. just look at some of his movement. He, there were times where he looks like he's not doing much, mm. but you know in his head, right, he's yeah, waiting yeah. for that he's moment. Played, yeah. Because he's walking around, walking around, having a little stroll, and then he just comes alive. He's so sharp. And I'm thinking that, I, during that whole 90 minutes, I'm thinking, I'm Marco Aguero, so <laughs> I've got to switch on even more, you know. And then he just comes alive. And as soon as he gets around the 18-yard box, it's, that's it, it's yeah. a joke. He, he moves there, comes back again, and it's like a, trying to catch a wasp. It's just, it's, yeah, it's... It just, must be a blow as well, man. Uh, yeah, I, I can safely say that after that game, I was knackered. I got a good night's sleep after that game. Yeah, I, I, I bet you did, man. I bet you did. Because it must be so quick. Obviously, you're used to the pace of the game in League 2. Yeah. Premier League is, is different. And you did well to actually just finish a game. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, like I say, League 2 compared to Premier League, uh, it's a lot different. I think you know the, the quality they have on the ball, you're just seeing the touches... Mm. I can't remember a player sort of miscontrolling a ball. They ain't got worrying no bubbles or anything like that. Yeah. It's just every touch was perfect. Did you and ever look and think to yourself, oh, I should play Man City here? <laughs> when, the, when it sort of had a little bit of a break in playing, yeah. you think, you're looking around and look at some of the players, you're thinking, is this even real? Mm. Like, so, yeah, it's um, yeah, it a little bit surreal, but it was a, a proud moment to playing against some of these players. Did you get anyone's shirt after? I, you know what, I made sure that the close it got to near the end of the game, <laughs> I was close to Aguero, yeah? and then as soon, I didn't let him out, I was like, yeah. honestly, I got his shirt, and he's like, yeah, yeah, come in a minute. I said, no, 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 you ain't no, I'm coming. And in the end, about three or four minutes later, yeah. he gave me his shirt, so I got did, that. Did you give him yours, or he didn't really ask? Nah, he didn't forget about me. <laughs> Are you not allowed to give out your, uh, to give your uh, shirt to could do, but I don't think he really wanted mine. But with all the lads, to be fair, they um, when we went back into the changing rooms, I think um, the 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 man their manager let us go into their changing room, see their players, and yeah, that's yeah. A, a lot of a lot of lads have got shirts, got their signs. I got mine signed by most of the squad, and that, and uh, it's ready to be sort of hung up on the wall. But um, yeah, we met their players and staff and everything, and yeah, it was very hospitable. Did they um, were they hospitable towards um, the, the big man up top? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's um, I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter. So um, Mendy actually stayed behind uh, to get a photo of him. Oh, I saw that. Him. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I stuck it in the WhatsApp group. Yeah, uh, and then when we went into their changing room, Popey being Popey because he's a bit of a lad. <laughs> He tried to, because it was, it was all in good nature. It wasn't like anything harmful, what he said. It was just basically, just you know, back, it was... A back, basic backstory for people who don't know what we're talking about. He's put out a tweet, um, not Nick Pope, Tom, Tom Pope. Tom Pope. He's put out a tweet saying he basically scored goals against John, John Stones or whatever. So now, and he did that tweet ages ago, didn't it? It was a good three or four months before. Yeah, he did ages ago, yeah. Obviously, it's come out and everyone's been talking about it. But then he goes and scores. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes it worse. Uh, <laughs> he must have been in that group. Or well, the... apparently, they, the whole team, about for two weeks, were on him in training, on, on John Stones for oh. a bit. Like, just sort of <clears throat> getting on him a bit. And he must have, um, it, it, he mm. must have got like, pelters for a bit. Yeah. So he's... Um, Anyway, we've gone into uh, into the changing room. Popey's sort of walked in like like a boy. <laughs> bit, just think of uh, McGregor walking yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like that. <laughs> Come on, Stones, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all their lads, <laughs> but I don't think he took it too well. He's Stones. Nah, he didn't take it too well. <laughs> his head must uh, be gone. Yeah, because you've got twenty of his teammates sort of been taking the mick out of him. He Popey's come walking and. Like Conor McGregor, yeah, and <laughs> but yeah, it was um, it was yeah, it was funny. It was a funny moment. What's yeah. he like, um, Pope around the um, around the place? Yeah, is he a he, he's a character. Yeah, he um, he likes a laugh and joke. He mm. he likes to 
got he's got a different banner, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he he likes to yeah, he's a he can be a lover by. Okay, cool. Um, so where did it all start for you? Because you're obviously now everyone sees you now at Port Vale, but it started from you started in non league, right? Yeah, non league. What, yeah. what was your first um club? Uh, a team called Little Common, Little Common. back home in um, East Sussex. Uh, I played all through their youth team from under nines up to under sixteens. Mm. And when I was in the under sixteens, uh, I I was asked to play for the first team, mm. which was like county league or something like that. So, yeah. but yeah, you know, I, I, at that time I just wanted to play football. So it was playing in, uh, fifteen years old playing against big men, mm. and it was. Good test for me, really. Were you um, centre half? No, on Sundays playing for the the youth team, I was actually uh, centre mid, oh, and wow. then because I could head the ball when I'd like to tackle, their manager basically said, "I'm gonna put you at the back." Mm. And at the time, I was like, oh, "I'm playing," but no one wants to be playing at centre half. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I ended up playing at the back on a Saturday, and then I kind of enjoyed it. Mm. I mean, yeah, I enjoyed the the physicality, the getting one over some of the big players that I was playing against and end up just being converted into centre half. Yeah, your um your big break though came at Brentford, right? Yeah, yeah. And um do you still like wait, who do you actually support? I'm a Chelsea fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not gonna... <laughs> uh, did you watch the Munich match? I actually didn't no, I don't, I don't have BT Sports, so I didn't watch it, but I look I was watching the updates and as soon as it was free I was like, that's game over, it's done yeah. for us. Oh, yeah. it's, diff- it's different. Absolutely different. But um yeah, so you support Chelsea, but do you still keep um, like up to date with what's going on at Brentford, or is it literally like you've left them? That was no, uh, no. I I see what they're doing this year, and um, I mean, the the way the club is is run, it's just so so different to other clubs. The way they have a B team, and you see they sort of crop players out of nowhere, turn mm-hmm. them into these stars, sell them on, and they have someone else lined up. Yeah, it's it's mad the way the, the way they do it, but it, it works for them and it's been working for them for the last three or four years. So, yeah. um, you know they, they they're doing something right. You know yeah. the the amount of I, I don't know what the figures are, but the amount of players that they've sold and the money they've sold them for, it must be. I think that came out earlier in the season. There was a big thing about it where they just get a lot of money for their for their players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you've got to look at the the players that, at the moment. You look at their history. Mm. Uh, ben Rahama, whatever his name is, he's, he's, I think he's like Nice, but he wouldn't even get in their team. He's got him, got him playing championship football, star player. And he's going to be money, because <laughs> he's, he's good. And Ollie yeah. Watkins as well. Is. Ollie Watkins playing down at Exeter, he was, when I played against him, you could tell he was a good player, but he's got his head down at Brentford. Mm. And I think it's always the, I mean, if you're a striker and you get picked up by Brentford, you you got to think, you know what, I, you know, I can go on to big yeah. things here. You know, they're obviously doing something right. And, um, you know, it's, um, it's they, they seem to just get strikers, sell them on for 20 plus mm. million. You've got another one lined up. <laughs> Produce him for a couple of years and that's, that's it, you know. But they, whatever they're doing now, um, it's, uh, it'd be good to see them. Obviously, the, the, the last year at um, the ground at Griffin Park and mm. they're close to going up and... It'd be good to see them in a Premiership at the end of the round. I actually want them to go to the Premiership because I actually like Brentford. It's a, it's it's a, a good just, club. Yeah, it just comes across it's as a good nice club. Nice family club. Yeah. Um, you know, they don't have like massive superstars. Uh, mm. they, you know, I, when I was there, I was there for four years, and you chat to the the fans, you have mm. conversations after. You, you know, it was it was all just yeah. just nice setting. Comes across like a good club, not that you know that Chelsea club. Um, <laughs> But when I go back to the little comment, because something happened, little comment, yeah. little comment, yeah, something happened um, when you is it, was it that match you were talking about that something happened? No, no. So it was actually training. Training. It was a, it was a training, yeah. So where we used to train was um, by my old college, and it was either Tuesday or Thursday night, and um, on um, Astro Turf pitch, and you got the uh, the floodlights and things like that. Ooh. So I remember doing like a, a a short game, and the balls sort of come up mm. I've gone to go and head it and I've not headed it properly so I've gone for the second and I've headed it forward but after that I've sort of come down and all remember everything sort of going black and, and collapsing do you remember the whole going black yeah it's it's kind of what you see in a movie mm. uh, it's 
yeah, I, I remember sort of trying to grab onto something and then mm. sort of next thing you know, waking up to all my teammates around me. So what was your first? Because at this point you don't know what's, what's happening. No, I've not got a clue. Are you? Do you know that? Okay, you passed out, or do you like? Are you aware that something's happened, but you don't know what exactly is causing it, or literally just your mind is just not. Uh, it's just trying to. You go through so many different moments. You're trying to work out what is going on, and mm. you look up to see your teammates around you. you yeah. You're covered. Like they, they, I remember them covering me in like jackets and things like that. Mm. I think it was a little, little bit of a drizzle, a bit of a rain, and that. So, and next thing you know, yeah, go on. Next thing you know, there's um, the ambulance coming, mm. and then I see it being carted off and going in the ambulance to, to hospital. So, at what point? Like, how long after that did they actually tell you that um, you know what was what was what was wrong with you? And what so, caused it? Sorry. Um, I think after I had a few more seizures, then that's when you, you, you get looked at and you can't be diagnosed unless you have more than, I think, two or three seizures. So oh, really? After, yeah, because so, some people can have like one seizure in their whole life and that's it, be done. So um, I think I had a few more seizures after that and then that was when I had to go and see a neurologist, have um, scans and, and, and things like that. So that's, yeah, that... Obviously, me being young, and mm. all I wanted to know was, you know, as long as it didn't affect my football. Yeah, <laughs> right, you know. Oh wow! So they've obviously come and said that you, they've diagnosed you with epilepsy. Yeah. Is that something? I'm going to sound really like uneducated when I'm asking questions. But <laughs> is that is, epilepsy doesn't necessarily like it's not like a genetic thing, is it? No, no, no. Because uh, when talking to my neurologist, he goes, he. he that's what he can. He, that's the first thing he asks is mm. like anyone in your family has epilepsy, and I said no. Um, but then the next questions are like any accidents lately, or and two months before that, I had a motorbike accident and oh, wow. I banged my head on the curb. So yeah. he related my uh, my epilepsy to that. Said that mm. something's gonna happen in the brain from from that accident. So that's the only thing you can pinpoint it to. Um, so. That's what I've always gone along with. That that accident was the reason why I end up with epilepsy. So, so when he told you, um, because on your on your day to day, you don't really hear much about epilepsy. You know, it's it's there, but the education around epilepsy isn't necessarily a big education for a lot of people unless mm. you actively go out to to find information about it. So, did that kind of take you back and scare you, or were you? Did you know much about epilepsy before this? I didn't know much about epilepsy. All I knew was um, what you see in, like, the start of, um, you know, like, TV programmes, where they say, yeah. it. That's, that's all you ever really see about epilepsy nowadays. Um, I suppose back then, you're, you're talking about 18 years ago, so the information out there yeah. was, like, you'll get a leaflet from the hospital or something like that, mm. and that's, that's all you'll know, whereas now... There's so many different resources and social media and things like that that you can go out there and find what you can, but still there needs to needs to be more on in terms of awareness for epilepsy. Yeah, no, that's that's that could be the feeling of knowing that, and then did you think that oh my football's done, or did they tell you no you can still play? I um, my uh, my mum said that that. that I was recommended not to play, mm. but I, I see. I hate these meetings. I, I wish now that I actually kind of paid a little bit more attention. But it was for me. It was just like a meeting, get out, yeah, and then go and do day day life. I think. Um, but yeah, I, from what she said, that um, I was told that it recommended not to play mm. because of what I had. But with the homeless, no, I'm. Gonna do me. I'm, you know, I live for Saturday and Sunday playing football. That's not going to change. But was it in the back of your mind? Though? It must have been. Um, no, I was quite fearless as a kid. You know, mm. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, fearless. I just, you know, I just wanted to do what I wanted to do, and no one was ever going to tell me that I couldn't do it. Yeah. No, that's that's. Listen, I had one seizure. 
don't ask me to do anything it's, again, but it's not the nicest feeling in the world I'm not going to lie um, I've always described that, that feeling as like you know obviously you have a pre-season training mm. and the next day where you feel like you can't move you know you've done all this running legs are pinched yeah, yeah that's what it feels like I can because all your all your muscles are stimulated and overworked and mm. that's what it feels like it feels like a, so a day of pre-season training how long does it take you to okay because now do you still get um as many seasons now no i'm quite controlled um over the years uh it, it sort of calmed down a bit with the different medications and, mm. and i i i looked after myself a little bit better than i did years ago and mm. um, so i'd say um i mean the last seizure i had was Probably around about nine months ago, I think. So oh, really, yeah, very well controlled at the moment. I read, I read somewhere that um, in your blog, because you do, a, you do a blog, you can plug that epilepsy book for that. But um, I read that you said they're quite nocturnal. Yes. So and now I used to, I used to have um, seizures while I was awake. So, but as as the years have gone on, now I have them in my sleep. Mm. So um, that's why I'm allowed to drive at the moment because. All my seizures are in my sleep. Yeah. So, I could um, I could have a seizure in my sleep. I I know the next morning that I've had one because of the the feeling. Yeah. It's not the feeling's not as bad anymore, mm. but I know um, with just how I feel and you, you feel groggy, you feel dazed, you, you get up and you just don't feel yourself. Yeah. Um, and obviously, with me being my wife, she she can always. Oh yeah, she I, I, she, I, I, she I, I knows. She she tell me as well. Um, been a few times where you know I woke up in hospital, but you know, like you, you got to think, you know, you've gone to bed, yeah, and you wake up in somewhere completely different. You don't yeah. recognize. You, it's almost like it's a dream. When was the last time that, that happened where you woke up, you went to sleep, and then you woke up in hospital? Um, the Tyson, first Tyson Fury fight, I stayed up and watched that. Okay, so That's Fury versus Wilder, so that's eight, 28 December, right? yeah, the end of the so. Yeah. I, I stayed up and watched that. Mm. Um, so the fight must have been four or five o'clock in the morning. And mm. one of my triggers is actually um, is tiredness. I, I, was, I was going so, to, to ask that because in your blog you, you do mention that you tried to get sleep. Yeah. And um, and I was thinking, why does that matter? But it's, it's tiredness that Yeah, that, that tired, tiredness can be one of the triggers. So mm. being on a Saturday night, I've played a game, I've... I've gone to uh, my mother-in-law's house with the wife and everything like that and stayed there with her and I think I'd watched like match a day mm. so that ends at, like 12 o'clock and I'm thinking I might as well just stay up you know yeah. it's, <laughs> there's a fight on in a few hours if I if I don't stay up I'll probably sleep through it and I'll miss it Yeah. so I've stayed up and then watched it and as soon as the bells end they, they've done the draw or whatever I've just gone straight to sleep mm. But then I must have, I don't know how long it was after I've gone to sleep, I had a seizure. And then, whatever it was, like five, six o'clock in the morning, got into hospital, uh, gone to ambulance and gone to hospital and I woke up with, um, you know, just to see I was in a, in a, in a ward and mm. my missus sort of sitting by the bed. Yeah, you, um, you, you said it can be like, um, like your whole body just resets like a computer. Yeah, that's that's the way that um, my neurologist always sort of try to explain to me that mm. it's almost like a virus getting to the computer and then the, the computer has to sort of shut down and reset itself. Yeah. And that's sort of how, how it is really. So when you're, you know when you said there was a, um, a time when they asked you a question, your date of birth I think it was, and you couldn't, <sighs> you couldn't get your date of that birth up, yeah, but yeah. in your mind, it's you're scrambling, you know. You know you, you can't not know your date of birth, yeah. and name, and things like that. So I remember I must have been eighteen, nineteen when that happened, and I remember sort of being in the hospital, and the the doctors asked me this question, and I was stuck. It's the cogs are going, yeah. you know, the, the wheels are in motion. I couldn't answer it, just couldn't answer it. And, and it wasn't until sort of half an hour, hour, mm. that I could fully answer the question. It but, was, but when you couldn't answer it, you knew within yourself that I should. Yeah, this. and you, you get frustrated. Mm. You 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 get frustrated that you can't 
answer the most simplest question. Yeah. But don't you feel like that happened now, or are your seizures literally like? No, I've, I've not had that yet. No. Yeah. No. Um, normally, um, any questions asked, I'm sort of quick to ask straight away and mm. uh, answer the question straight away. So, on that, on that part, I'm, I'm quite alright yeah. with. Yeah. Is it is it a thing of you know when you've had one during the night? Like let's say your wife, you and your wife, you're up in the morning. She does she have to ask you questions to make sure, or are you at the point now where okay, I've had a seizure, but I'm cool. She'll she'll ask me like how I'm feeling and things like that. And sometimes mm. doesn't get a response that she wants because <laughs> sometimes you just want to be left alone. Right? Yeah. Obviously, you feel like ah, oh, it's happened again, mm. and you just go ah, just yeah, leave me, babe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah, uh, but she, she's like, yeah, she just keeps going. Come on, get up, get up, like, yeah. Um, just she'll try and sort of, you know, ask me a few questions, and she knows when it's been bad enough to sort of call the ambulance. Yeah, and that's a, that's what the process is really for. Really, whether I she can leave me and sort of let me rest and recover, or yeah. if it is she maybe feeling that maybe I'll have another one and mm. she has to get an ambulance because, you know, I'm six foot four. Yeah. Uh, not the smallest. She's only five foot nine. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, that, must, that must be, that must be right. <laughs> is, is that part of the reason why you're able to compete at the level you, you still do compete at because you know that you're probably not going to have one during a match because they've become nocturnal? Yeah, um, you know, I um, like I said, I, I look after myself mm. on and off the pitch, um, and one of the triggers is tiredness. So I make sure that um, I get a good like that sleep mm. to, to recover. Not only just for the athletes, but just for in football itself. You know, yeah. season's a long season. It's nine months. Uh, you can end up playing fifty, nearly sixty games in a season because mm. of the cup matches and things like that. So how many did you play this year? Uh, I've played. 35 league games and <laughs> that's long and about 6 or 7 cup games I think and we've still got 11 games to go so you must be at that point where like uh, listen if I didn't want to say that because you still got to <laughs> you still you still got to go and play but um, are you conscious of the fact that you know what it's a long season do you have to watch the amount of games you play or is it literally just about your post like post match and how you prep for them yeah, I'm quite disciplined when it comes to as soon as it comes to the season, that's it for for nine months of the whole season. I'm literally, my wife probably hates it as well. So, I literally just sort of right focus. Yeah, you know, game by game. Um, I don't really drink, mm. don't really eat like bad food or anything like that. It's just basically, you know, this is a season where you know I want something to come out of it, and I do what I can off the field. Yeah. Well done, and to have a, as good a season as I can. So, mm. you know, we we have like a, a six week break if that's when you, you get your chill time, really. And yeah. I was I was told by one of my old managers, you know, you get you get your sacrifice, you, you know, you sacrifice and you, you get your rewards, and yeah. the rewards come at the end of the season, and that's you know downtime and, and all that. So that's what I sort of stand by at the moment. Do you obviously married man and that, but? In terms of like nights out, do you just not do it? I'll have nights out, but it'll be with like my wife, mm. um, other couples, go for like a, a a dinner, and then maybe a, go to a club afterwards or something yeah. like that. And then where it's when I was younger, it used to be four o'clock in the morning. Where yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, Come on, it's this yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do 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 football clubs actually understand? So let's say when Port Vale came in for you, when they actually came in for you, were you expecting it? Or because you were... I um, kind of half sort of the deal out myself with. Um, so you did the deal yourself. With, it was me and uh, another agent, but I was told early at Cambridge that um, they won't be taking me on. Mm. Um, there was a budget cut and things like that, so I was told that uh, budget cut. Your wage must be. There was still like two we- two two weeks left of like the the season, the last season now, and I was told look because I was asking questions 
because obviously my, my contract was up and I wanted to know where I stood really because mm. I didn't want it to leave until the last minute and then be told that and like you know going in the summer I've got no club yeah. trying to find I said I want you to get something sorted so then I can chill in the summer I don't have to um, worry about where I'm going to be next season so I um, I was told early that you know with what's going on there was new ownership they're cutting the budget and things like that so um, you're free to talk to and the like so me and, me and my wife um, our family live up north so we made decisions and like was I going to move close to my family mm-hmm. if someone was interested or we move up north close yeah. to her family and then um, there was a few sort of clubs around the area and one being Port Vale yeah. and then managed to get a, uh, a meeting in just before the end of the season mm-hmm. and agree on a deal and that was it, it was done there and then. When you're like going through the deals, um, so okay, let's say with Port Bell, in those meetings, the manager actually wanted you, right? It's not like, okay, I'm gonna try and push for this move. Or was it like the chairman wanted you or No, it was it was as soon as they heard about my availability, it was like, yeah, mm. this is the type of player that we needed. But then with your obviously epilepsy, um at what point do you have to? Is this known that you that you um, have epilepsy, or is it like medical? Well, it's. I mean, I've never. Are these silly questions, by the way? No, 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 no. Because you know what, I was just. But with that, I mean, I've been playing in the football league now for eleven years, and Ooh. still now, people are quite surprised that I, that they find out that I have epilepsy. But Ooh. I've spoken so many times about it. Yeah. Over the last eleven years, Ooh. and still. You get players and, and people in the media thinking, oh, well, I never know. And I was like, yeah. oh, been out there for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when I come into a, a new club, you have medicals and things like that. And, you know, they ask if any illnesses and things like that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and medication. And, and you put, oh, I've put down the medication for epilepsy. It's, it, I'm lucky that I've been at clubs where it's just been, all right, okay, yeah. what do you do? Like, you know, any special things you need to do and so I mean, you know, I I I'd I'll be real with you and, you know, I'll be open with you if you know, if I need an extra twenty four hours recovery or yeah. and, you know. So it's been And they've always like been okay. Yeah. It's been absolutely fine, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Is there like um when it comes to your initiation day? Guys, we've got Leon, you've got epilepsy. So <laughs> like how does the news filter through to the rest of the players? Um and, and how do they deal with, deal with it? I get people because um, it's quite because you know in football everyone kind of knows everyone mm-hmm. it's quite a small yeah. circle in football and when people ask me about epilepsy normally someone either knows someone in a family member or someone that knows it's someone always knows someone that mm. has got epilepsy or something like that so they're normally quite intrigued and curious to know, like, oh, so how's it come across? And they they they're just asking questions, really. Mm. And um, yeah, um, yeah, they'd always just sort of ask and want to know a little bit more. What's the support like in clubs for? Um... Okay, let me get it. Epilepsy. I don't see it as I might be wrong. I don't see it as a disability. Do you know what I mean? I see it as more of a condition, but is it actually classified it's as classed as a disability? Mm. But then, with epilepsy, it is so broad. Every single case is different. Mm. So, um, you you could have someone that like me who doesn't have seizures as often as someone that has someone that could have ten, twenty a day. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, every every yeah every um, case is so so different. It's mm. it's hard to um, it's hard when you go like the diagnosis and all that. It's so just very complex. It's mm. it's one of those um, subjects that is it must be hard for people in um, like you know in the NHS and things like that to sort of control and, and things like that because it, you're coming across something different every time mm. with someone with epilepsy you're, you're, you're very vocal about epilepsy and like I said you have um, a blog Epilepsy Footballer 
Epilepsy baller. Epilepsy baller. Yeah. Everyone get following. Um, but have you always been vocal or, you know, like just taking control of it? Or was it something that, that you maybe kept, not under wraps, but people around you would know, but just didn't really... The way it, the way it come across at first, it was kind of an accident. Mm. Um, I was being interviewed by um, Evening Standard. Yeah. And I was at Brentford. And um, the original story was basically about... Because I used to work in uh, a care home with adults with learning disabilities. Yeah. And one of the guys there and had epilepsy. So as he's asking me questions, he, he basically said that, I, I just basically said that I, 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 with with that job, I could relate to one of the um, one of the, the, the people who were there mm. who had epilepsy, so I, I knew what he was going through. Yeah. And then the interviewer basically said, "Hold on a minute, you let me just talk about your epilepsy then." Yeah. And the story changed from that working with adult learned disabilities to me having yeah. epilepsy and being able to play football, mm. and then. The next day, uh, it was in there. I had epilepsy charities all sort of coming to coming to me and talking to me, and in the end, I uh, end up being the ambassador for young epilepsy. Yeah. And then since that day, I just sort of helped them, trying to raise more awareness. Uh, they done um, award ceremonies each year mm -hmm. uh, around Purple Day, which is March twenty sixth. You to go there. Uh, give out awards, I used to get celebs in and things like that. Um, and been their ambassador for the sort of last ten years. And as as I'm in the position that I'm in, yeah. I feel that I could should do more and help with awareness. And that's where this vlog's come about, really. How long's the vlog been going for now? Six weeks. Is that it? It's only been six weeks, yeah. And I've had you so many up. people. You banged up a good couple of posts. Yeah. Just see, originally it was only meant to be. Um, I was thought, I'll, I'll do one every other week. Mm. But then a subject sort of comes to my head and then it just I'll just write it out. Yeah. And because I've, I've got my phone or my computer, so if I'm by my computer and something comes to me, I start writing it out, put it out there, bang, out on social media, and then start plugging it away. And yeah. then um, it's just out there. Do you find it that almost like therapeutic? Very. And... Um, so I've, I thought about doing a blog before about six months ago but then I didn't know what to sort of write it on mm. and then when epilepsy there was a, some, I see someone um, talking about epilepsy on Twitter and I thought you know what I'm just going to talk about myself just, mm. just going to get it out there it might whether it's successful or just see what happens see, yeah. see where it goes really and I didn't think that so many people would. I, I thought I was gonna get like twenty views or something yeah. today, and then I think the first was something like one hundred and fifty views or something yeah. like that. Yeah, in Do you know what it is though. It's because even when when you put it out, like, I'll read it, and it's it's interesting because no disrespect, but if a, if your average Joe wrote a blog about um, epilepsy, you probably wouldn't read it, and that's that's just. To be when in the world because you're who you are in regards to being a footballer, yeah, and you suffer from epilepsy. It's like, oh, you know what I mean. So a lot of people have it's that it's that connection to a footballer with it. So it yeah. adds to the whole because a lot of people don't know about epilepsy. Yeah. So to to now talk to a footballer who's, who's got it and see how he's living his life and they they actually see that you live a really normal life as well. Yeah, I think the way. Um Footballers are viewed, you know, drive these big flash cars and, mm. you know, it's it's all what is portrayed in, in the media. Whereas a lot of, you know, especially in Premiership, a lot of Premiership players can't, they don't, they're not into all that. They're not into, mm. you know, you don't got to look at like, I'm just sports, I'm going to bring out Kante. Yeah. He drives like a little mini and yeah. just keeps himself to himself, not into, <laughs> you know, big flash cars. Yeah, mm. he, he makes a lot of money, but he doesn't, you don't see him out and about in, showing off his wealth and all that and there's no need for it and a lot of, a, a lot of players are like that they just you know they, they, they want to live a normal that. life as possible mm. really I've, I've always said that um, that the perception of footballers is one where it's just like 
it's it's all media driven though, isn't it? You know, it's you know you only have got to look at the whole thing with like Pogba. He can't mm. even walk about and do anything mm. because they just on him. And it used to be Balotelli. Yeah. Balotelli, the amount of stupid stories you hear, and I'd probably say about eighty percent of them were lies. Of course, <laughs> but, well, but because yeah. he was a little bit mad, <laughs> mm. you could literally make up anything. And because it was him, you could thought, yeah, there, there could be some truth in that. Mm. But yeah. what's 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 been like the biggest misconception you you think that there have been of, of footballers? Let's say, um, that's a hard one, that because I I think a lot of people they judge you by your occupation rather than who you are. Yeah, definitely. Um, they see. I suppose general public just see them, ah, oh, they're just footballers, you know, all they do is go and kick a ball about for a couple of hours, go on. Get paid ridiculous. About yeah, they've got the best life, but, and I think, they, I think a lot of people think because of this big life and big, um, big occupation they have that it comes without any struggles. Mm. And, but, you know, anything you do, it comes with that, with, a certain type of struggle and stress, mm. you know. Um, and I think that's why you know the whole mental health thing at the moment, you know, that, that's going on uh, within football. It's it's big, not just football. It's a, a lot of sports at the moment as well. Mm. Yeah, with with mental health. Funny enough, I was going to touch on that. Um, how does maybe not now, even now, to be honest, how does having epilepsy, that what, what effect does it have on your mental health? I used to get down. I'm not gonna lie. I used to get down when I was younger. Um, it used to, I used to just sort of look at it and thinking, ah, oh, you know, here we go again. But then it would, I just spin it, I suppose. Um, I think you know what? If it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. But just you know, carry on. Just, yeah, I think I just sort of talk myself into just going, just going, just going to live a, a normal life as possible and. Get on with it, yeah. Rather than sort of mulling over it, and because once it's done, there's nothing else you can really do. It's mm. what's done is done. Yeah. So you have to sort of carry on, mm. no matter what, really. Are and you, that was sort of my my thing. Yeah. Are, are you someone that um, would so would try to reach out and find people who also suffer from epilepsy, or are you the sort to be like, this is what I have. I'm still gonna live a normal life, and you know, so long as I'm surrounded by my family. Or do you try to actively just go out and reach out to people? Uh, me, no, I was I was normally quite um, closed growing mm. up. I sort of kept a lot of things to myself and, yeah, so, but obviously, you know, now being married and things like that, quite open with my wife and, and whatever, so, uh, but growing up I was, it was, yeah, I'd sort of dealt with everything on yeah. my own that sort of thing I wouldn't really open up to too many people I spoke mm. to a, a few a few friends um, but yeah but now it's, it's a lot different I'm like as you can see from the blog I'm quite open in what I say about mm. my epilepsy and I try and get out there as much as possible is that the route you're going to go I'm not saying football's going to be finished for you anytime soon but one day when football's over are you looking to stay in football or are you looking to Go down the route of um, I was looking. Awareness. I'm looking. I was looking into um, staying in football. I still want to do that, but um, with the whole epilepsy awareness at the moment, it's a route that while I'm in football, I want to yeah. take advantage of that mm. and um, yeah, just keep plugging this while I'm. So I, I can still do this along with things like coaching and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, I I don't see why I can take both on really. It must be a dream for like, these charities um, who are trying to raise awareness to have a footballer just come out and just talk about it. Like, they, you must be an absolute dream. They must be approaching you left, right, right. <laughs> I've, yeah, not not just that. I mean, I get, um, I've had a lot of like, dads and mums um, saying about their kids. And mm. I even had, not long ago, a young lad, um, he was going for sort of same thing. He's a, 14 year old so he's like an under 15 in the academy and um, he's he, he was having a bit of a bad time but ra luckily enough really um, it was around about the time we were playing Man City and he was a bit down with what was going on with his football and the seizures that he was having 
but then his dad uh, showed him the the article. I think it was a Sun or something like that uh, yeah. about my epilepsy and that. And then he said he his son watched the Man City game and couldn't take his eyes off it. And the fact that he knew that I was playing and yeah. uh, little me in in the Etihad playing against Aguero having epilepsy. He said what it sort of gave him a new lease of life really yeah. and that love back for football. But did you ever think that you'd be this guy that? people look up to and, and get strength from? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. It's, it's like I say, it's come by accident. It, it's kind of come by accident because I don't think, if I hadn't had the, um, if I hadn't had the actual interview in the first place, mm. I don't think I would have said too much about it. I would have just got on, oh, I've got epilepsy, that's it. Yeah. I wouldn't have, because I don't think I would have really looked into seeing that epilepsy needed that much awareness so mm. you know I knew what I needed to do but that was it so I yeah. sort of looked after myself but then when talking to the charities and things like that and they they saying they gave me all the stats and, and things like that and I think oh, I, I need to help here yeah like I say so if, if if I hadn't had that interview in the first place I probably wouldn't be in uh, the position I am today with, with trying to help with awareness yeah and um, just to touch on, because I don't think we actually um, finished it, I probably would have interrupted you on this, but um, your teammates, so was it at Accrington? Yeah, at yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, when you had a seizure? So it was a Tuesday night game and um, we was we had a meeting place at one of the hotels and um, go there for pre-match and things like that, but we had a few hours, so... We all had rooms if we went to some players like have a like Kip and things like that because it was a long journey from Cambridge up to Akron. So I decided to have a bit of a rest and chill out for a couple of hours. And then uh, my roommate um, basically went and got the physio and my manager and all that because I'd had a seizure in my sleep. Mm. And um, I woke up and um, yeah, a bit dazed and whatever. And I think it must have been about sort of three hours. Mm. Kick off time and whatever, and um, talked to a manager. He said, "Look, no, 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 I can't, I can't play you. Yeah, you just had a seizure." And I said, "Nah, don't, don't worry about that. You know, I feel fine. Yeah, I feel fine. Like, let me play, let me play." And he's like, "I can't do it. I can't, mm. <laughs> just can't do it." And then I conceded and said, oh, "Okay, right, fair enough." But luckily. The, the game got cancelled because it must have been like lashing it down and rain that, mm. that day so um, it was cancelled and in the end I got got on the bus went home and was given a couple of days mm. rest and recuperate and back in training a few days later you go in training and all, all your teammates and manager and physio like and saying, cool and yeah just you know, ask it, you get the usual you know how you feeling and mm. all that you know I'm fine yeah. you know I'm, when we're training. <laughs> you think, yeah, people's, um, and this is really like a, a selfish thing for like, for certain people, but do you think if you weren't so good at what you do, the support for you wouldn't be the way it was? Like, if you weren't such a good defender? Um, oh, I've got such a funny thing to show you, actually. Yeah, go on. I hope not. Uh, I hope that any player that has epilepsy, whether good or bad, that you get the support from the supporters. Mm. Um, you know, it, to... Play with any condition, I suppose. Is it, you know, it's one little obstacle you got. Mm. You got you got a hurdle over. So um, no, I I hope that any like I say any good or bad that they they had the support from the people around them. Okay, excellent. Because I was talking about um, you being a good a good player. What would you say your your playing style is? <laughs> you see, I look at the wiki. Hey. I look at the wiki, and here it is. I I, leg, I think no nonsense normally gets sort of thrown out there as a description. Leg <laughs> has been described as a commanding centre half. Yeah, I'll take that. And, and this is it. Though lacking in pace. Hey, no, my <laughs> pace is actually quite good. You know? right, I used to be a sprinter when I was younger. Hey, my sprinting is not actually that bad. Though lacking in pace, he has strong strength, positioning, and tackling skills. And this is the bit. 
He can also achieve great distances on his long throws. <laughs> that's your oh, yeah, play. You say long throws. Yeah. That, that's your playing style, but, hey, apparently. You don't. The funny thing is, as a defender, you don't have to be quick. Speak on, speak on. What do you mean? You have to be good. You don't have to be quick. You don't have to be quick to be, to be able to read the game. Then. If you read the game well enough, I mean, John Terry wasn't quick. Cannavaro wasn't quick. Maldini wasn't quick. Mm. They were, you know, they read the game that well that you know the ball was gonna go into a channel on that. They're there before the, the ball's even dropped. Which defenders did you like? Well, you said you was a midfielder, so growing up, you didn't. You probably didn't like look to so defenders for inspiration. In a so where I used to live, it was like a. It's not so much now, but it was predominantly that sort of a, a white area. So, but when it came to football, I used to look at being a midfielder. I used to look at all the sort of kind of black midfielders that were playing in the Premiership mm. at the time. So I used to see Paul Lintz. Yeah. You know, I used to see him. You know, when I mean, he's in the tunnel, and he's got his shirt off. Yeah. I done that one time. <laughs> I must have been about thirteen years old or something. <laughs> skinny body, yeah, skinny body, and like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as I was a Chelsea fan as well, I looked at players like Eddie Newton. Uh, yeah, blast from the past. Um, who else was there? But then, as when Rude Hullet first came into Chelsea, mm. that was my guy there. I just I, I got dreads because of him. Honestly, I got dreadlocks what because of Rude Hullet. I got dreadlocks because of Rude Hullet, and every time he would come on match a day, just. Just yeah, I'd smile. Think, yeah, that's favorite player there and then. So, so when you had to go to like be a defender, was there someone you kind of modelled your game on, or were you just like, just um, see how it goes? Bro? I used to look at because I was passionate about like England growing up. Like, I used to watch a lot of England games. I used mm -hmm. to see Sol Campbell. Oh, you know what? That's and great segue. Yeah, I used to think yeah, that's it. If, if I want to make it as a defender, like be like that, mm. and then and then. I'd watch like Marcel Desailly yeah. oh, at Chelsea, yeah. even John Terry. Um, yeah, but Marcel Desailly and Leboeuf at the back. I was just about to say, Leboeuf, yeah. you got your Chelsea goggles on, right? But, uh, <laughs> 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 I have to, you have to have it on, you know. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's too funny. But the reason why I said it's, it's a great segue, because England, obviously you, probably, you probably would have liked to play for England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you also um, you you qualified to play for Saint Lucia. Uh, well, no, well, there was something about it. So um, I I didn't meet my uh, other half of my family till like I was like thirty odd. Mm. So, um, but well, early yeah, early early twenties, like twenty eight, I think it was. I met my uh, other sister, and she said to me um, that. Uh, because she, she didn't know too much about like, some of the aunties and uncles mm. and things like that so um, cause it was quite split yeah. when a lot of them come into the country and that so um, she said oh I think because uh, I asked a question so I wanted to know like parts of my background and that so mm. I, was, I said oh where's where's like dad and uh, granddad and all that did you not know from? before that no 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 I had little information so um, she said oh I, I think um Jamaica and I think uh, somewhere in there there's St. Lucia so, mm. oh okay and when I spoke to someone about St. Lucia uh, ever since then I was getting um, the effort the, the St. Lucia FA like saying if you can <laughs> get so if you can get the documents yeah can come represent them I was thinking oh, this is going to be hard this I've got to go back to try and find everyone try and get and in the end um, it was mm. that the, the, I still from this day don't really know too much about I know some but not too yeah. much but uh, it's predominantly Jamaica and things like that so um, I've recently done an ancestry test as well yeah. with my wife because she's kind of in the same um, boat as me with some further parts of the, yeah. the family and that and I find out I've got so many different like origins in, in me do you believe in those ancestry, ancestry tests? yeah uh, Things don't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I, I'd say so. I mm. mean, the amount of things you can do now with science mm. and things like that. I think so. Yeah. Would you? But you want to? You would play for Saint Lucia. If 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 I found all documentation and things like that, no, uh, I would I would I would go and yeah play international football. I think 
and growing up, I used to watch national football. I think just imagine, you know, you know, when you're lining up and you got a national anthem and things mm. like that. It's 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 the passion of football, yeah. and yeah, I think um, just to represent your country, be, yeah. you know, honour and achievement. So yeah, you know, there's, there's got to be a way. We have to find <laughs> hashtag find the paperwork. <laughs> but yeah, okay, cool. So um, I didn't actually because I wanted to ask that. Obviously, you didn't play for England, but if you would have actually liked to play for Fletcher Shot. I know at the time when. Um, How long ago was, was that, do you know? Uh, that's gone about seven years ago, I think it was. So it was about six, seven years ago when all that was going about, and then the, 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 the Twitter account of um, Solution FA, they were saying like possible players that could represent, and they were bringing up people like Anton Ferdinand, mm. um, oh, a couple of other strikers, and I was thinking. No, if we could get it together, it could be a good team. No, because, because, because <laughs> things, things like that, um, when you when you look at the players that can actually play for some of these home countries, if you manage to get them all together, it instantly just improves the quality of that, that straight away. And yeah. we're not talking about substandard players. Like you just mentioned, Anton Ferdinand. Yeah. You get me? You've got yourself there. So that's... That's two centre-halves there, look. One of them apparently doesn't have to be that good. So one of them got no pace. You've got the long throws. Yeah, I chuck it in there. Hopefully, you've got a decent target, man. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> what's it? What's it like with um, with Pope as a target man? He's he's difficult. He can be difficult. Um, he does the easy things uh, very well. Like he's he just puts himself about. Make doesn't make it easier for you to jump and win your header. Mm. Uh, just just gets about you. Yeah, just uses his body very yeah. well. Who's been the like the most difficult striker you've come up against this this season? I, uh, do you know what? I, I've got to ask this question now, but I can't think, you know. I mean, I've got, I've got to say no, Aguero no, no, in no, our no, league. In, in, in the Aguero, league, in the definitely. <laughs> it, but in our league, lad Grimsby, James Hansen, he's good in the air. I mean, he's got the most heads in, in, in the league. Um, so he's like, I've had a few battles with him over the years. Mm. So it's normally a decent test for him. So he's not too bad, to be fair. He's... A bit like Popey in a sense, like yeah. a big target man and knows how to use his body well. Um then you've got like like Owen Doyle who's at Swindon, oh, yeah, scored a lot of goals. Know, yeah. But then he come up against me and Smith we played him here, we beat him and he didn't have a sniff, so in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I let him out in the end. <laughs> no, that's 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 excellent man. But um this has been actually no. Before we do wrap up, I did want to touch on um, because we are going to get a few Port Vale fans. In fact, yeah, let me let me touch on it. They're quite interactive with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I talk to um, some of the fans. I, I like to get involved with fans. I, I don't think it's a bad thing because I think it's so. I it's think good. It's, it's good. I think it's where I've come from non-league because mm. you know you in non-league you you play a game of ninety minutes. Mm. You go in a bar, you get your pay packet, you have a drink, the supporters mm. are around. Yeah. They'll come up to you, good game and all that. You talk about a few things that maybe happened in the game. So you, you stick around, don't you? Yeah. And you, you chat to everyone who's watched the game. And then you get off and that's done. And then it's the same next week. Whereas mm. in in professional game, you don't really have yeah. that interaction with fans. And I've always been you know quite cool with fans wherever I've been. So when you've got social media... And, you know, they I got quite a few followers and look a few things come up and, you know, it might be something jokey or anything and I'll sort of always respond and, yeah. and give my thoughts. No, on it, I, so. I do think that's very important because it provides that that human that yeah. human I think they they just want to know, you know, what what you're like really. They, exactly. They they're not you do get some people that abuse social media and just want to use it to to just have a go at you and mm be quite negative but I don't focus on them yeah. you know if they want to do that that's fine you won't get a, a, a mention from me but whereas the a lot of the fans that I speak to are very positive and I, I speak to them a lot yeah because I was I was going to say it it would probably help during times like last season when it wasn't going too well yeah you just have to that's football you've got to take it like I said earlier you know it comes with it's Football, maybe you know, people might see it's just 
being football, but it, it comes with completely different stresses that you do maybe in a office work. Yeah. If you're fighting for re- relegation, you're not going to be, um, oh, well, I'm a footballer, um, I, I'm living my life and all that. You're going to be, you still, if you care enough, you'll still be taking it on and thinking, oh, I've got to put it right next mm. week. So if you've had a loss on a weekend, you'll take that to the next week and right. do whatever you can to put that right the following week. And no, it, it's still a job. Yeah, it, it, it's you know it's it, it's a hobby for me that turned into a job, and mm. um, I enjoy it, and I keep that way. How much of it though? That sometimes, so as I mentioned last last season, very quickly when it wasn't going too well and there was protest or whatever, and and you obviously have a certain amount of knowledge to what's actually happening without actually putting it out there. How how hard is it to not get on social media and actually when you see certain things coming out of the team to be like actually this is what the truth really is? I've been guilty of before when I was a little bit younger I suppose so I've been now a bit more mature so I won't get sucked into all that but um, I've been guilty before in uh, sort of responding and and it, it you want to say you want to touch on points and say things because you get you'll get like people saying ah. Uh, this player's crap or this player's and then you get people just hammering you mm. and you want to set you do you want to set the record straight mm. and then all of a sudden they turn on you yeah <laughs> and sometimes it is just best to let it all sort of cool, de- cool off a little bit give it mm. 24 hours and then you can respond because I think you know fans are, are passionate they just want to see their team do well yeah and with uh, with some fans you know you have a drink and things like that and mm. it might regret some of the things they say yeah. the next day so you, you do have to sort of let it blow over yeah and maybe if you're going to speak to them speak to them when everything's sort of calmed down otherwise you're sort of throwing fuel onto the fire yeah. in, in some in some case yeah okay cool well um thank you very much for talking to us today i know you've got a busy schedule so i'm happy that i've got this in the diary <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm chuffed i'm chuffed and i hope you've had fun though talking I've had, I've had fun, yeah. It's uh, been good talking about the blog and football and epilepsy and all that. He's always funny. My belly started again as soon as that door opened and I knew that there was going to be food there. But um, yeah, do you want to quickly plug your... Um, so yeah, um, so my uh, blog. blog is Epilepsy Baller. I've got a separate uh, a Twitter account, uh, Epilepsy Baller, where I post all my posts and that. And soon uh, I'll have... Uh, actual YouTube account which I'll be, be vlogging as well mm-hmm. and um, so in the next week or so I'll be having that uh, I'll be posting that on my Twitter account and my Epilepsy Baller Twitter account and yeah, um, yeah I suppose that's that really yeah. Okay. yeah we'll put everything in the bio anyway yeah. and all the, all the links there um, guys 99th episode with Leon Leg or Leon Leggy <laughs> Leg, Leg, no Leon Leg <laughs> Um, hope you've enjoyed it. Keep liking, subscribing, sharing. Hashtag counterattack podcast. Can we quickly use the camera to see out there on the pitch so they can actually see how good? Yes, go on. Look at that.